The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Told y'all before it was supposed to the boat. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. All we do is set trends, so you know what we own. Yep, I'm back with the remixes for the job. All birds, all Philly, midnight green. Things changing for the better since we got that ring. Put the league on notice, we're not done. 2019, we adding another one. Yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night. 8 to 10, birds of a feather got that flight. Nothing but the hot takes. Back with the big facts for the fans by the fans exactly where we at pull up to the tailgate stop by f1 baptized by the pope been bass for everyone flying in from the west coast even overseas get blessed by ginger jesus we disciples of the tree e-a-g wait c-h-m-p s don't stress we on the same conquest dominate the division destroy the nfc conquer the afc grab that vince lombardi wits to aj climb it up the gut be grand with the strip sack this sound familiar huh Aguilar on the slot, Sproles with the return, Mills with the pick six, okay, wait, it gets worse, J train on the run, J.E. hitting from 60, Fletcher C in that D-line, that's what you don't want to see, Earps catching tubs, foes on another level, the Super Bowl ain't the only time you see that Philly special, we live from Broad Street, brotherly loves the heartbeat, hungry dogs run faster and we don't eat cheap, no one likes us and we don't care, cause we from Philly and we ain't never scared, look up. But I just got to know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Here we go. Welcome to a very special Super Bowl 53 edition of the 4th and John podcast number 88. Boys and girls, this is one of my most favorite times of year. It is Super Bowl time where the NFC and the AFC's best collide in front of a worldwide audience. I absolutely love the Super Bowl. From the commercials to the halftime show to the best that the NFL has to offer, I absolutely love the Super Bowl, the parties, the pools, everything about it. I gotta be honest with you guys. I've got zero juice for this game. Zero juice for Super Bowl 53, the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. Normally, I'm all hyped up, even though my Eagles are normally out of it. I'm all hyped up for this time of year. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just ain't happening for me. And I know from this seat, it's easy. The Eagles have under a week as remaining or defending Super Bowl champions. Arguably, that could have ended in New Orleans. But realistically, next Sunday... There's going to be another Super Bowl champion crowned, and the Eagles' Super Bowl reign will be a thing of the past. It's easy to sit in this chair and not have interest in it, just based upon all of that. But you guys know me. For the loyal listeners that listen to this podcast, you guys know that I love storylines. More so than X's and O's, I love the storylines going into a game. Where are the storylines for this game? Like, what are we talking about here? They pulled some guy out of a retirement home to go play football. What are we talking about? Continuing Tom Brady's legacy? They're, I mean, they're, they're underdogs, too, by the way. 
Oh, 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 uh, yeah, I heard about Everyone that. Everyone counted him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bet against us. What, what, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about, like, the youngest head coach to coach in a Super Bowl? Are we talking about uh, Jared Goff's? I, I saw Wade Phillips wearing Bum Phillips jacket, which I thought was kind of cool because if you were like me, a kid in the 80s, you didn't grow up on Sesame Street, or at least I didn't. I grew up watching Steve Sable and his weird, whack-ass sweaters, you know, doing NFL films. So Bum Phillips was always a staple there. But, like, what are we talking about in this Super Bowl? It lacks any sort of oomph, any sort of pizzazz, any sort of juice. I mean, even coming down to the halftime show, who are we talking about? Maroon 5? Oh, yay, Dad Rock. I, I can't wait for the Super Bowl halftime show. I've got nothing for this game. Gail, help me out here. Get me pumped up for this Super Bowl 53 for the Patriots against the Rams. It's tough, man. I, I was telling you before the show, I mean, before we even talked about it, I was just like, dude, I, I am not excited for anything Super Bowl. And anybody who knows me knows that Gail always throws a party on his soup, uh, on the Super Bowl. That's my favorite time of the year. I could care less. I really, I really, I don't know if it's the since the Eagles, you know, won, you know, won the Super Bowl last year. It did something to me. It changed something in my heart, or just being sad that the Eagles aren't in it, or thinking that they could have been in it. Maybe that's the reason. But it's just the storylines. Um, you know, I mean, half of the Super Bowls in the last what eighteen years, the Patriots have been in it. That's that's kind of crazy. Are we, are we having like Patriots fatigue at this point? Are we just sick of seeing Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? I mean, it's something we talked about in the offseason. I think you you were Brandon the uh, the dynasty was dead. Yeah, that take uh, did, did not. <laughs> I, I didn't forget about that. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't forget about that. I was hoping some people would. Uh, uh, but I mean, I mean, we th- we thought that they were dead. Yeah, in the wars with all the all the drama and stuff. But just seeing them back there. I think you got to give them some respect. Uh, Tom Brady has continuously done it over and over. He's talking about playing until he's 45, folks. I mean. And, and someday, as annoying as Tom Brady is and as obnoxious as Bill Belichick is and the entire city of Boston, because I can, at least sitting right here close to Philadelphia, I think that we can all agree that we are absolutely sick of Boston and that little image of that kid who went to his first you know, championship parade at age four and five and then six and he's holding up the signs with yeah. the, and, and every logo from every year. Absolutely sick of Boston. It's easy from this seat to be like, all right, the Eagles aren't in it. My team isn't in it. Coming off of what was amazing, amazing. amazing. run last year. But I feel like the storylines aren't there. Like, even if you go prior to the Eagles Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 52, Patriots-Falcons. Like, like we now, granted, that was an incredible game when After the game the was played. Yeah. But going into it, where was the juice? <laughs> Super Bowl 50, Broncos, Panthers. I mean, Peyton Manning's last hurrah, probably. That was a big storyline. That was something that kept your interest. Cam Newton was on fire that year. What's that? Cam Newton was on fire that year. Cam Newton was on fire. The Denver Broncos defense, so on. Okay, you know, get feed me a storyline. Grab me by the collar and make me interested. The Super Bowl before that, Patriots Seahawks. Seahawks were defending Super Bowl champions. Here come the Run Patriots the again. Ball. Again, but that stuff happened during the game. You had the Legion of Boom versus Bill Belichick. Okay, I can yeah, we, I can sort of feed I can sort of feed into that. Seahawks Broncos the year before, two top defenses, right? It was it was top offense versus the top defense. Yeah, what it was that okay. was year Peyton Manning had fifty touchdowns. Yeah, there. okay, grab me by the collar, make me interested in the, in this game. Ravens 49ers. Ray Ray's last game. Colin Kaepernick is on that amazing run. Again, the lights go out during the game, but it's during the game. I'm talking about lead. In other words, what I'm trying to say is the the last big storyline prior to the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl, I think was like Giants Patriots 2.0, where it was like, can Eli Manning and the New York Giants pull it off again against the New England Patriots? But as I sit here and go through all these different storylines, it makes me appreciate more. On the outside looking in to what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to accomplish last year. 
I mean, I'm ta- everybody's taking a nice trip down memory lane. Everybody's looking up the Facebook memories and the time hops and retweeting their tweets from a year ago and this was happening. But if you take a look at that Philadelphia Eagles team, you want to talk about storylines going into a game, let alone the fact that the Eagles lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2004. You know, you had Nick Foles coming in, the underdog thing, the amazing, uh, you know, them being underdogs in the playoffs and then beating the Falcons, beating the pants off the Minnesota Vikings, the number one defense. How is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady going to play? So on and so forth. Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, there was so much material for the networks going into it that even as Eagles fans, if we remove ourselves from the fandom, it was an interesting Super Bowl to watch. Hey, I mean, even the, the inter- intro, I mean, talk about dreams, nightmares, intro. Versus Crazy Train. Meek Mill, the, the Eagles coming in so hyped. Come on, man, you didn't see that in any other Super Bowl intro. No. I mean, that was, that was a game changer. Just, just, just that introduction alone to Meek Mill, I mean, that's crazy. Now, now, again, a lot of stuff, if you go back and look at the Super Bowls, Eagles, Patriots, the, the back-and-forth offense, there was no defense in that game. I mean, it was just straight offensive uh, explosions. Patriots-Falcons, the Patriots comeback. Again, Broncos-Panthers. You, you go down, and the games a lot of the times, like it's been a while since we've seen a, a, a whole-ass beatdown, but from one team to another, right? It's been a while. It's been a while. The games have at least been interesting, but get like, I, I I've got no, I'm struggling on the microphone right now <laughs> to give my thirty second pitch to not only this audience listening right now but a national audience. Like, why should you be interested in the Super Bowl? I mean, I got nothing. They could talk about uh, Sean McVay's photographic memory. Ugh. I mean, how now they're going back before they were talking about like just. You know him breaking out other teams. They're now going back to his high school, high school days, yeah, and seeing if he can remember plays from his high school days. I mean, they're they're reaching that's, for storylines. That's cool. It's cool. That's cool. Gail, uh, you played high school football. Do you remember certain plays from from high school? I do. It, I didn't think it was that impressive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also he played against Edelman in college. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Uh, I guess the the dudes from uh, Barstool Sports they got kicked out of the. Um, that was pretty entertaining. That was pretty entertaining. Okay. They they got arrested. <laughs> they got arrested. They got arrested? PFT commenter, uh, commentator yeah. in... Uh, Portnoy. Portnoy got arrested. Yeah. For their... Uh, so so that's, that's the biggest... Their disguises... I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. Their disguises are pretty hilarious. Port, <laughs> Portnoy had the I Love Goodell hat on and a oh, fake mustache. Yeah, I, I, I did see that. Yeah. I did see that. So, Gail, give me the... Um, like, like, give me a prediction on the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. Um... You what, do you, what do you think's gonna happen? You don't have to go well, go score, but give me a winner. What you think we're gonna see? Like, is the game gonna be better than? I hope it's better than the hype leading up to it. I just think you know, Tom Brady. It's, it's hard to really, uh, beat a, a guy like that. He, he's been there, done that. I think Bill Belichick is a, a mastermind. I think uh, he's gonna take away the best thing that you do. I, I think that he can do that. Uh, but I, I, I have this feeling, this feeling of the L.A. Rams, who are, I, to me are the underdog, and I feel like no one thinks that they're going to win. I, I think it's a, a young mind versus an old old mind. Mm-hmm. And I think McVay could pull it out, you know? There's a storyline. I like that. You know, okay. the young you're, versus you're, the you're, old. You're pitching me something. Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. <laughs> so gun to your head, who wins? I mean, if, I, if I'm betting on it... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh... <laughs> you know what? You don't. I. I. I he can't I, even say the word. I got this. I don't want her. I want to, I don't want to say the Patriots. Yeah. But I. I do have a feeling. A good feeling about the Rams. I think they have a great interior pass rush, in Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald. Those. That's. That's a, the best one and two in, in the league. And that's how you beat Brady. Interior okay. pressure. And all those things you just said. But now, gun to your head. Who do you think? <laughs> gun to my head. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna put it in existence. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Rams. No, he's gonna do the uh, existence cop out. But I mean, if I'm gonna be analytical, maybe the, the Patriots. But give me a I'm, I'm good. Good feeling about the uh, the Rams. I'm gonna go uh, thirty-five to thirty-one. Oh, high score. High scoring yeah. game. Yeah, I like it. Evan Bubble, come here. How's it going? Oh, man? At Hollywood. I'm sorry. Put some respect on it. I uh, know. I, I changed my identity <laughs> this season. Well, you know what I was doing. I was going over the. Uh, 
the predictions. Remember in the beginning of the season, we sealed up the envelopes yeah. with all of our season predictions? Yep. Back then, it was still known at Evan Bubblegum here. And we'll get to those in a little bit because we are going to prove to our loyal listeners, our listening audience, how little we actually know oh about God. the Philadelphia I'm embarrassed Eagles. to reveal this. Oh, we are, we are about to get flamed for our crappy takes, but give me a prediction. Hollywood, Hearn. Well, uh, the one thing that I do feel confident about, um, at least watching the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be entertaining in the fact that I look back at all the Super Bowls that Tom Brady has played in with the Patriots. And aside from the Eagles' 41-33 to uh, win last year, all of the other games have been decided by eight, eight points or less. Or six points or less, if I'm being real. So, uh, that, that, I mean, what I'm trying to say is the last Super Bowl was the largest margin of victory of any of Tom Brady's Super Bowl's win or loss. It was eight points was the, was the differential. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to the final quarter. Unfortunately, I'm sick and tired of seeing this same old rerun over and over and over again. Like you said, and it didn't even sink into me until you said it, Gail, but out of the last 18 Super Bowls, Brady and Belichick have played in half of them. That's sickening, man. <laughs> like, that, 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 is, that is sickening. I mean, he's dominated the NFL. And I, I, I think we've reached a point now with Brady's career where it, we're no longer talking about um, the greatest quarterback of all time. And we're, we're talking more. He's entering more of the realm of one of the more dominant uh, athletes in all of sports of all time. And um, I, I just I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about if um, if he wins the Super Bowl, do you think if he keeps on playing, like at what point does his stats become untouchable? Oh, they're going to be hard to break. Yeah. Like, I was just I was just about to comment on what you were saying that, you know, right now we are just in Patriots fatigue. Yeah. We're sick of this. They Over how many Super Bowls they played now? Last 18. They Last played 18 nine. Super Bowls. And that doesn't count, like, conference championships or playoff runs. Right. Where when, they were, when he was losing the Peyton in versus Indy. Yeah, that, yeah. That, they are perennial playoff and Super Bowl contenders. Right now we just have Patriots fatigue, but someday— 10, 15, 20 years down the line, we're going to hold up those stats and look at what the New England Patriots were able to accomplish. It's tough. And just look at and be blown away. We're going to have trouble explaining to our children when they get older how exactly the New England Patriots, in the age of free agency, were able to pull this off. Dominated. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we would talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers dynasty. What did what did they, what did they win? They went to like four Steel of them. Yeah. Yeah. 75, 76, one in 79, 1980. Yeah, so so we looked at the Steelers like, wow, look at all the Super Bowls they went to and won. And then the 49ers. You know, they they had their own little dynasty there in the in the eighties. And the nineties, the Dallas Cowboys, what did they would they go to three of they won back to back, but I think they won three of them in that time period. Yeah. And you go, oh my yep. God, how did that happen? But the longevity. But the, oh my God! Like the Tom Brady's first Super Bowl was in 2001. It's 2019. He's about to play in his ninth. We're gonna have trouble. <laughs> it's, it's insane. One, one day we're actually gonna look at this and be like, "How in the world did the New England Patriots actually pull this off?" And also, you, you also have to think. You know, the AFC hasn't been tough at times. Uh, I think that division's been think, trash the entire think, time he's been in the NFL. I think the NFC has been tough. Yeah. This year has been tough. Yeah. Um, but going back to you know. It's hard to, you know, you think like a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger gets in the Super Bowl his, his rookie year, 2006. Yeah. Wins, wins one in 2006, wins one in 2009, but it's hard to get back there. And they continuously hard to compete for it. They continuously, continuously compete for it. By the way, why, I, I hate sitting behind this microphone on a Philadelphia Eagles-based podcast <laughs> right outside of Philadelphia and talking positive about the New England Patriots. But I will tip my hat and say I was at least a little impressed by the send-off. Did you see all those people in that stadium? I, like, that, that was kind of impressed. I didn't, I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? No. Well, it was, on the, it was on the TL, man. I'm not saying I sat there and watched it. I just let it go by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I did see uh, Tom Brady say his whatever. Like, well, he, we're still that, that, here. Yeah, we're yeah. And, the and, mic drop. And the mic like, drop. Like, like that was <laughs> some epic here. moment. Come on, bro. I, I do love how they're they're really trying to now play up like they're the underdog. Yeah. Like nobody believes. Yeah. Dude, it's not that nobody believes in you. We're just sick of it. We're just sick of you. We just t- we wish you would go away. We're not we're not counting you out or thinking you can't do it. We know you can do it. We've seen it time and time again. We're sick of watching it. Yeah. 
And it's funny just to think about where I grew up in Connecticut in the New England, supposedly New England area. It wasn't a Patriot country back then. Yeah. It was Giants and Cowboys. Redskins. And if you had a you had, you had a Patriot fan, you knew he was a dire because they always lost. So yeah, just, Patriots were miserable. Just to franchise. see where they've now, I go back home where I grew up, and everybody's a Patriot fan. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And I was like, "Oh, I've been a Patriot, bro. You you weren't a Patriot fan. Like the dudes that's are still been in town. Like it's it's crazy. That's the biggest bandwagon of all time. I think it's huge. Let me ask you guys this: While we're still on the Super Bowl topic, does it still feel weird, or are you at least not at least? That's not the right word. Are you still in awe that they actually won one? Oh, definitely. I almost, the Eagles? Yeah, I almost yeah. wake up every day, still, yeah. to this day, thinking, my God, they won one. Yeah. I, I, I look at it in the teams that are still playing right now and looking at the high level of play that they're playing in, in the AFC and NFC championship games. Those are both great games. Mm-hmm. And I look at those games, I'm like, I can't believe that my team was at that level of skill at that point. It was last year, everybody was clicking on all cylinders. Everybody stepped up, all of the role players, all of the all of the the high caliber players, everybody like picked it up a notch and they were and that's the reason that we won. And that's what you need in order to win a Super Bowl. I don't know how they get that formula together every season. The Patriots I'm talking about. Well you know what that that's just skill, that's coaching, that's what you're witnessing in great is is greatness. But growing up, I mean we would I, I can't speak for everybody, but I would sit in the car in traffic and daydream. Actually just my mind would drift and think about what it would be like for the Eagles to actually win a Super Bowl. What would it be like for the monkey? What would it look like to see a parade? And see a Vince Lombardi trophy and and Jeffrey Lurie holding it up. You know, it was such a fantasy. And if you grew up miserable and your heart was broken all the way back from Veterans Stadium. Here I am now, 37 years old, bitching and moaning about the heartbreak that I went through. You know, there, there were old heads, you know, back from 1960 yeah. that were waiting for them to win a Super Bowl. And, and, and watched as the Eagles were favorite in, in New Orleans against the Oakland Raiders and lost that Super Bowl. And then the Buddy Ryan, all this hard, Randall Cunningham's leg breaks and Donovan oh. McNabb, and then that, you know, four straight NFC Championship games only to lose it in the Super Bowl against the You know, all that heartbreak and stuff like that. I thought it would honestly never happen to this day. I wake up every morning, and damned if one of my first thoughts is, oh, my God, they won a Super Bowl. I mean, Do you I, still feel like I, that? Hell yeah. I mean, every morning. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, I have this, like, little sh- little shrine in my, like, office, you know, little man cave thing. And I have this Super Bowl DVD, and it's still in its wrapping. And you, you would think, like, all right, I'm going to watch this Super Bowl DVD. But I'm like, I, I look at it, and I, I cherish it because it's, I still can't believe that it happened. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna open it. Yeah. I'll, I'll open maybe well, on the uh, the year anniversary. I'll okay. rewatch it, but I, right. I felt like it was like I still can't believe it's real. And this is because you know after like when Super Bowl teams win the Super Bowl, yeah. and they have those corny cheesy commercials. Oh, buy the Super Bowl apparel! You can get the hat, the T-shirt. Yeah. And when it came to that time last year, I was like, I'm actually buying Super Bowl gear. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend two thousand dollars. I don't care. I'm buying everything. Oh, I was the same way. I, I wanted everything that said Eagles Super Bowl champs on it. It got out, it got, it got out of hand. Yeah, I was definitely, I'm and, de- definitely paying for it right now. And, and like comparing all of the day, the daydreaming that we did about once we finally win a Super Bowl, this is what the city's going to be like. This is what it's going to feel like. The actual experience still didn't even compare. Like I, I'm talking about, like it was yes. way better. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. Like what I anticipated versus what I actually experienced. Yes, like it was, it, like it was, it blew my expectations. That night when I was, I was walking down, I was walking down Broad Street and drunk, with concussed blood, and blood. drunk, and looking for you guys <laughs> with, with, a, with a bloody eyeball. It was still one of the best nights of my life. And then I remember going to the parade and just like I, I expected to have, you know, another greatest day of my life there. And then, you know. It, this is literally something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. But when Jason Kelsey took the podium and literally made the ground shake, dude, like I'm a diehard Eagles, fo- like an Eagles fan. And this may sound like a bias opinion, but that was the greatest speech I've ever seen in person in my life. Off the and cuff, too. Off the yeah. cuff. Just, just like I've never seen someone 
in in live in person publicly speak better than Jason Kelsey did that day. They, like I just remember looking at the guy next to me who I didn't even know. And we're just, dude, did that just happen? Like that what was, just happened? It's a beautiful moment. I think I'm gonna shed a tear. Yeah. I think I was just like I'm frozen. I'm sitting there. I mean that whole day just getting at getting at the steps, getting you know you know forming a group. Everyone's like, where are you gonna be? I'm gonna get there at three a.m. to mm-hmm. stand there in a dog suit, my Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, coat that I, I spent like $300 on before the Super Bowl because I knew they were going to win, right? Yeah, yeah. But Speaking I, it into existence. Yeah, 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 here we go. I'm sitting, there with, I'm sitting there with Trox. I'm sitting there with uh, Mike. And uh, yeah, we're just sitting there like in in the – we're freezing. Like we can't go to the bathroom. Yeah. We started there with 1,000 people. When we looked back, there was about 80,000 people. We couldn't move. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I can't be like the back. I would have I had an anxiety attack. But I made sure I was right in the front. Jimmy Kempsky comes up to me with a little hot uh, coffee. He sees us like freezing there. It was just like these beautiful moments. Mm-hmm. And then when the confetti is green, was flying all over the place. It was green. I'm sitting on the ground. Me and Trox's kid were, but I'm a I grown felt, man. He's I, like what, eleven. We're picking up the confetti. Oh, I was stuffing it in oh, my yeah. Crown yeah. Royal stuffing bag. It in our it's still, it's still, it's still sitting in my room. You, you can't just dump it on myself. You'll never be able to take take that moment away from us. The, the Super Bowl parade. I had to. Uh, I separated myself from the group because at that yeah. moment, like you know, you with your mom, yeah. Mama E. You know, she she basically raised me to be an Eagles fan, and just for all the effort and the, and the time that she puts into the tailgates, I wanted to make sure I brought the beer bong ladder. I wanted to make sure that she's because my father's on the drum line, so he was on one of the floats. That was an awesome picture of him pointing yeah. at you out, out on the float. That was yeah. Awesome. So th- here goes the first float. My father's second float, Lombardi Trophy, ugly crying, just just <laughs> sobbing, grown ass man sobbing, ugly. Then d- don't care, don't care. Right. You, you, you're absolutely right. It exceeded the expectations I had when I visioned it in my head for decades. Yeah. Someone ate horse poop that night. That is true. <laughs> that is. True. But at, but but as I again, as I get try to get myself juiced up for this upcoming Super Bowl on Sunday, it again makes me appreciate from the outside looking in what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to accomplish. Maybe even more because when you're in that moment, you're in the moment. You're locked in. You're living it. You're just you're trying to soak it all in. They're right in Philly, Philly on the sky. We're doing beer bong baptisms on Broad Street. <laughs> the place is going crazy. Cameras all over the place. We're partying with our friends at Keene. You know what I mean? But but now that you're separated from it and you see the high quality of play that these teams are doing, you're like, my God, we were th- not that only was we us, were there, yeah. but we won it. Yeah. We actually won one. And I also appreciate it that like if we would have bought, beat another AFC team, okay, cool. Yeah. But if we beat we beat beat the Patriots. We beat the King. And you you want to beat the best, you got to beat the best. And and we beat the Patriots and did it with class and style and finesse and came away with the Philly Philly play. I mean, there were so many moments in that game where, you know, you're going toe to toe like they're coming, you know, left and right, hitting uppercut. They still kept going. And everyone played lights out and it, it was amazing. It was the first time that I could say I honestly tasted destiny like the Eagles were supposed to win that year everything all the storylines sometimes the stuff and here's the part that makes me nervous sometimes the stars align just perfectly to where a team you just you're, you're watching destiny play itself out and that was the Philadelphia Eagles so my concern now moving forward is okay did the stars really just align, and it was our year? The football gods smiled upon the city of brotherly love and said, here, shut up about it. Here's a Super Bowl. Or is this team still really that good to the point where a couple pieces are going to leave, a couple pieces come in, Carson Wentz is healthy, we make another run? I think the latter. You think so? Yeah. I, I think it was a, a perfect blend of it, it, was, it, was, it, was time, it was our time. And it, just even being in the city right before the Super Bowl, you could just t- talk to like diehard fans, and they just had this weird confidence. And in, in the city, that's uh, nicknamed Negadelphia, just ha- seeing old heads being like, "They're gonna do it." And I'm like, "What? This is crazy. It's never like this." Yeah. And w- when it happened, it was like, "Okay." But I, I think uh, moving forward, I think you have these pieces to build around. You have a quarterback in Carson, I, but you built this 
tradition in the locker room and a culture that I think players can learn from and I think a place where free agents want to come to. I, I was on NBC Sports Philadelphia during their like pregame Super Bowl coverage. It started real early. I mean, they were going all day on the Super Bowl. And they asked, like, like what do you, how do you feel right now? What, what are you feeling? And you're right. It's almost like the old heads, the older guys, let's say above 30. Had this, and, and this is what I said to them. I have this eerie sense of calm. I shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't feel like this. I, I, when the Eagles played the Patriots in the Super Bowl down at Jacksonville, I was a nervous wreck. I couldn't sleep the night yep. before. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I was like throwing up during the game. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. So was Donovan. But it was a different feeling. This one, it was just like, again, you taste the destiny. Like, no, this, this is our time. This is our year. It's in the, it's in the stars. It's in the cards. Yeah. It's in whatever it is. But we're in. We're winning that Super Bowl. I mean, he's destined. I mean, a guy like Brandon Graham, who's been been ups and downs in his career, for him to end, if if, if it ends, it ends. But he ended on one of the most perfect notes last last year. Oh yeah, stripping Tom Brady. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of which, you know, like we're we're all looking at the memories, the the Facebook memories, the time hops, retweeting stuff on the timeline. Everybody's kind of. Throwing out there with they, you know, their favorite moments of that Eagles Super Bowl run. But there is actually a group out there. I got a couple tweets about this, so I, I just want to plug them. There's a group out there that's actually doing a Philadelphia bar crawl to celebrate the Super Bowl. Uh, if you go to Bird Crawl, not Bar Crawl, B I R D, birdcrawl.com, they have a whole map. Uh, it's going to be Saturday, February 9th. They're mapping out, you know, different bars that they're going to in Center City. I'm not sure if it maps the parade route, but they're they're hopping to all our favorites in Center City. And we said, listen, we'll plug it on the show. And the only thing, like, we're not getting paid for this. The only thing that we ask is that you give our listeners who want to celebrate along with you and kind of relive the memories, because that's what we do, right? We bring Eagles fans together and and re you know reimagine and, and relive that Super Bowl victory. Right. Give our guys like a coupon code or some or something that they can enter. So if you enter in a checkout, if you enter in John thirty J A W N three zero at checkout, it's thirty percent off. Nice. And it's all drink specials and stuff like that. You get a wristband, so on and so forth. I think we might stop by. Yeah. I don't drink. I haven't had a drink in like seven years, but I might stop by just to you know kind of relive the moment. With other Eagles fans. It's, yeah. a, it's a cool experience. The, the coolest thing, I think, about, like, like, think back on the memories from last year. Like, when you have something that is just monumental happening in your life and you have those moments that you just remember, like, you remember that specific moment for the rest of your life. In that beginning of February, week and a half span, about the first 10 days in February of 2018, I've got like a hundred of those moments all jam-packed in that one yeah. week. You know what I mean? Like, you're lucky if, outside of anything Eagles-related, you have one of those moments where you know, you know, every couple months or a couple times a year, like, I had like a hundred of those moments that yeah. I vividly remember mm-hmm. for the rest of my life within a seven-day period. Yeah. That was crazy because that was on my birthday. So it's yeah, the oh best. my god, the greatest present of all. There's time. no other birthday that I I don't. Maybe probably when I was born, and, and then the cool Eagles one. winning the Super Bowl <laughs> on my birthday. That, that, yeah, I mean, it just couldn't. But it was weird. Like your birthday was bef- the week before, mm-hmm. two weeks before. Yeah, we celebrated. The and then day, and then yeah. then Mike's birthday was during the the Falcons game. Mm. So it was like everyone's birthday and was getting the playoff win. And I'm gonna get a Super Bowl. Like. Yeah. It was the best night of my life, and I remember my mother, like, somebody was talking to her about it, and she goes, yeah, it was, you know, God, it was the best night of my life. She turns to me and she goes, I'm sorry, you know, I know, par- par- <laughs> I, I, I know parents just say the birth of their child is the best night of their life, and I just said, Ma, someday... I completely I, understand. Ma, someday I'm going to have to lie to my kids, too. <laughs> I'm going to have to lie to my kids, because as much as I love them, Jace, Reese... Love you guys, but uh, don't listen to this when you grow up. <laughs> Sorry. Episode 88, <laughs> off limits. <laughs> Dad was a dirtbag. <laughs> Dad, lo- Dad loved the Eagles more than us. There's some truth Eagles over everything. There's Hashtag Eagles over everything, son. <laughs> All right. So we were talking about, you know, the greatness that was the Super Bowl that we lived last year and how awesome that was. You know what's not awesome? Our preseason predictions. Yeah, they're trash. 
Yeah, so we uh, we had the opportunity to unseal the envelopes, the loyal listeners to the show. will remember in the beginning of the season when we were all hopped up as Super Bowl champions that we wrote down our, predi- our predictions for the year, and uh, we were not going to reopen them until Super Bowl weekend. So here we are. Gail, why don't you start with – now, we made 10 predictions. So why don't you start with your predictions? We'll see how right or wrong you were. Or which one? Which one? All of them. Just All rattle them off. Straight up. Uh, let's see. Uh, our leading rusher, I had Jay Ajayi with 925 yards. Nice. <laughs> Josh Adams, 511 yards, three touchdowns. But you uh, just, but just pause right there. How bad is it now looking back in <laughs> retrospect that our leading rusher Josh was Adams. a rookie free agent at 511 yards? Yeah. Such a stark contrast. Jay Ajayi, 184 yards with three touchdowns and a broken back. And and an ACL. (laughs) And ACL. And probably a ticket out of town. Yeah. That's Uh, a shame. Go ahead. Another guy almost could have a ticket out of town, Ronald Darby. He would lead the team in interceptions. I had him... uh, um, I had him, like, I think five interceptions. Russell Douglas led the team with three interceptions. Pause. (laughs) Let's pause again. Think about that. A backup cornerback. A backup. Four-string. <coughs> huh? Four-string corner. Four-string corner. Uh, yeah. Josh Adams, a fifth-string running back? Yeah. And that, Razul that, Douglas is leading the club with three. And that one pe- and one of those picks he had was in the Atlanta game where he played, I think, all of one snap. One and snap had, against and Julio and Jones and Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you can already see that this season is not going the way we expected it. Go ahead. Uh, our leading receiver, I was going to go with Nelson Aguilar. I had him at uh, 885 yards with eight eight touchdowns. Uh, he finished with 736 yards, four touchdowns. So kind of close. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, Zach Hurts led the, the team in receiving uh, with receiving yards, 1163 yards, eight touchdowns. Okay. okay. What else you got? Uh... Leading sacks uh, had Derek Barnett with eight. Ouch. Um, the most sacks was Fletcher Cox with 10.5. Um, Carson Wentz, um, let's see. I had him at the, my prediction was uh, 3,500 yards, 37 TDs, nine interceptions. I, uh, he ended up having uh, 3,074 yards, 21 TDs, seven interceptions. All right. Um, I predicted them to have a, a first in the NFC East, thirteen and three. <laughs> <laughs> they were ten and zero to start out, right? Yeah, he was, ten, he was ten. And <laughs> Remember that? Another talk win. About, talk about speaking things. But this guy, he, he put the hex on him with his prediction. Oh, don't start with that, that hex that's stuff. This guy spoke it into existence. Um, that, that's just being knowledgeable. That that is a knowledgeable uh, football fan. That was, he was crystal ball. That's the voodoo. That's the, <laughs> that's the voodoo that you do. Um, I think that's all I have. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go over mine, and we'll kind of do this in the or- same order that, that I'm doing it. Okay. Uh, I had the Eagles going 11-5. The surprise loss that I had uh, prior to the season was the Tennessee Titans. I just nice. felt like that was a weird matchup. Nice. Uh, I had the NFC East as Eagles, <laughs> Giants, Redskins, and lastly, Cowboys. I think I'd there was same. a little Cowboy. Yeah, yeah, a little, little Cowboy bias, hater bias in there. Breakout player on, de- on defense I had as Ronald Darby. Who 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 would you say was the breakout player? I had Mike Wallace. <laughs> well, on offense, I had got dirt. I mean, I, w- I would say. I mean, I know that he's already established on the team, but Zach Ertz had a not a breakout year, but he had. Oh, when you break a record like that, I, yeah, I, I, that, I, would, I would say. Yeah. I would say so. Uh, Wentz, I had going forty-two hundred yards, twenty-six touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Uh, there was also offensive and defensive rankings, if I if I remember correctly. Yep. yep. Um, I predicted that the defense would be tenth. Oh. They were indeed tenth again. Adam a third. That that's that's what that's what you call a knowledgeable football fan <laughs> right here. Offense, I had him at fifth. They were fourteenth. Uh, top wide receiver or top receiver, I did have a Zach Ertz at eight hundred sixty-five yards and six touchdowns. Obviously, he surpassed the eleven hundred yard mark, broke that record in receptions. I had Michael Bennett as most sacks. He had nine behind Fletcher Cox, ten point five most interceptions. I had Darby. We we already went over it. It was Douglas. And leading rusher I had as my future Brian Westbrook when Corey Clement. 
All right. Yeah. Still could. Hollywood Hearn, let's see how much you know about your Philadelphia Eagles. Not much. Uh, my The record I had was 12-4. and four. Uh, Surprise loss, I had them losing first week to Atlanta. Then I had same exact uh, division standings as you. Philly, Giants, Washington, Dallas. Breakout player on offense, I had Corey Clement, who I thought... I thought womp, womp. Yeah. And a bigger, even, an even bigger womp womp on defense, I had Sidney Jones womp, as the womp. breakout player. Uh, went to stats, 3,900 yards, 41 and 11. Oh, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> Offensive rank, fifth. Defensive rank, second. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> Most sacks on the nose. Fletcher Cox with nice. 10. Okay, chalk one up for Hollywood. Uh, top wide receiver. I had Nelson Aguilar at 950 yards and 11 of Carson's 41 touchdowns. <laughs> um, uh, most interceptions, I had Jalen Mills. And the top rusher, I had Jay Ajayi with 850 yards, 8 touchdowns. Trox, give it to me. I had a record of 12-4. and four. Uh, Surprise win was the Saints. That was a... <laughs> Uh, surprise loss, Titans with UE. Um, division record, pretty much the same as you both had. Eagles, Giants, Washington, Dallas, pretty much. Uh, offensive standout, I went a little different, a little outside the box, and I wrote Jason Peters would start every game, and he did. He did, he did not remain in said game. But he started every game. But he started every Okay. Technicality. It's a technicality. Let's go to the officials. They'll allow it. <laughs> Uh, defensive standout would have been Sidney Jones. That's ain't nope. And uh, Carson, uh, I did. Uh, he was going to throw for forty, forty-three, or what is it? Yeah, four thousand three hundred sixty-nine yards. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, Thirty-nine touchdowns and thirteen interceptions. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Defense. I mean, offense. I had him ranked the seventh. Eh. Defense second. Um. Top wide receiver was just like you, Ev. And did you have Nelson, too? Yeah, yeah we all had Nelson. <laughs> Bunch of amateurs. Bunch of amateurs. Uh, most sacks. I went with Chris Long having six receiver. on the year. So, he, you know, he had a good year. We might see him back. <laughs> trying to get me on a technicality. He's a top tight end, you know. Receiver. 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 Is a tight end not a receiver? <laughs> Go ahead, Trox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had most sacks with Chris Long. He ended up with six. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leading rusher, we I had Jai also, and we all know uh, Jay Will Mills, big goose egg with the interceptions. Good year, good year, and uh, <laughs> Douglas, Douglas had three. Oh, man. Yeah, God. Well, you know what? I'm, what I'm going to do right now is as the, as the lead of the show, I'm I'm going to be very humble, okay, and I'm going to award the prediction <laughs> championship. To myself, yeah, yeah, okay. to myself, because I nailed some of these. And also, if you remember correctly, I was adamant. No, everybody was looking at me like Iraq was crazy that the Eagles were going to struggle in the beginning. Hex. You put the, going to the buy. Thanks, no, thanks, thanks, you put a hex it. No, on it. You I put studied. a hex on it. I studied. This is this is the type of knowledge that you acquire being a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan. All right, I predicted that they would be five hundred. They would lose to the Titans, that they would lose the Minnesota, they'd limp into the bye 500, and then go on a run to win their second Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, <laughs> listen, we can't get everything right, and obviously we got most of it wrong. But it's, uh, it, it is kind of weird to go back and look at what our expectations were going into the season, and then reality uh, kind of bitch slaps you across the face, and you realize that, you know, things aren't always what they make them out to be. But we'll have fun doing this in the beginning of next year. Yep. Oh, no. In the beginning of next year. Some Eagles uh, news and notes just to go over real quick. Uh, it came out today the Eagles are expected to sign former Dolphins defensive coordinator Matt Burke, uh, who Dave Zangaro of NBC Sports Philadelphia broke down his uh, defensive statistics. He's expected to play a role of like some sort of advisor to the defense. He has a history with Jim Schwartz. He has a working relationship with Jim Schwartz. But just to kind of break down the numbers, in 2017, his Miami Dolphins defense was 29th in points per game and 16th overall. And in 2018, 27th in points per game and 29th overall defense. So, glad to have you aboard, Matt. I yeah. uh, hope you're yeah. advising Schwartz the Blitz a little bit more. Because the Eagles were second lowest in, uh, the second lowest blitzing team at like 18%. I looked at the Miami Dolphins stats blitzing percentage-wise. It doesn't look much better, but I'm hoping that maybe an advisory role will help 
Yeah. Stop calling picket fence defenses and and putting the players in the right position. Did we uh, did we hire anybody to hold Doug Peterson back so he doesn't get run over by the officials? We should. Is it weird that I found that kind of endearing? I want that job. Isn't it? It's it's weird. Like, look, when you see the video, it's strange. There is an assistant head coach. There's an assistant coach whose sole responsibility is to reel McVeigh off of the field and get him away from the referee. And as goofy as that looks, as goofy as that looks, I appreciate that. <laughs> because that's one less thing that the head coach has to think about. Think about that. Like, think about think I about think he's podcast. milking it. It's not something you need to think about. Look well, where I mean, you're standing. I mean, back in the day, before they had wireless headsets, you, yeah. you had a guy with a cord. And it was the worst if you had, you were in a, in a suited up, you had your pads on, you had to hold the cord for the coach. So, I mean, it's... They it's, had him on a leash anyway. No matter what level you're coaching in... You can't stay off the field. You're you're just you're 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 pulled out to the field no matter what's going on. But how on. many times in this podcast, like on on a totally microscopic level, like how many times do I delegate stuff out because it's one last thing that I have to think about? Yeah, and it gets difficult, honestly, Ev, when you're not here working the soundboard, and it's one more thing I got to think about. I, or I like or when Gail's not it. here. It's one more thing that I got to think about because I, I, I got to now carry that part of the conversation. I can appreciate a guy being like, hey, one last thing to worry about. Here, just make sure I don't bump into a ref and get a flag. How much do you think you get paid for that? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, uh, oh. How do I sign up oh. for that job? And, 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 like, what does your resume have to look like? Seriously. Like, Good, good fisherman, like <laughs> you can reel them in. Like I'm a good babysitter. I, I, uh, I, big, I big forearms, real good instinct. <laughs> I, I, I have absolutely uh, no idea. So you know, welcome aboard, Matt Burke. Also, oh, the- uh, going back to uh, Burke, um, yeah. he, he spent time with um, Schwartz in Tennessee, uh, 2004 to 2008, and then was with him with the Detroit Lions from 2009 to 2013. Uh, that's that's a solid relationship they yeah. Yeah. they must have built. Also, another note I wanted to get to before we get on out of here, a reporter out of Denver by the name of Cecil Lamy. Lamy? Lamy? I'll call him Lamy because his tweet was Lamy. Lamo. Lamy. Of Sports Radio 104.3. 104.3 The Fan. Tweets out, according to sources, it sounds like Eagles will let Nick Foles walk free and clear. Not enough cap space for a tag and trade scenario. We'll get a third compensatory pick for him. What are your thoughts on that, Gail? I mean, I, I just think that's the that's the that's that's the normal thing that would happen. Like if it's the one thing that will predictably happen, that would probably be it. You know, really? Yeah. You think this is the likelihood? I mean, it's it's the the safest and it's uh, the most. You know, if they can't get a deal done, you know, at least they're going to get the compensatory pick, the third round pick next year. Hollywood. Oh, I'm I, oh, I'm sorry. Now, the, the, I, I see a lot of holes in this one report. First of all, it's only one person in Denver in another market reporting this, quoting unnamed sources. Yeah. So when listen, we just got done last episode absolutely flaming an individual in our own backyard who was uh, who Using was quoting sources. unnamed sources saying that Carson Wentz was an egomaniac or a bully or egotistical, or players didn't like him, and stuff like that. So I don't know how much stock I put yeah. into somebody out of market, one individual, who's probably getting, trying to get a little clout for his name, and or a little wishful thinking upon Denver Broncos fans, yeah. trying to drum up some conversations. It's, it's, not from, it's not come from the Eagles. Yeah. yeah. They, it, they might let Nick Foles walk away. 610-632. Him reporting that, that's the most predictable scenario to happen. Is it possible? So for him saying that, it's I like... I wholeheartedly disagree. It's like, all right, well, I mean, that's kind of most predictable scenario to happen, so it's not really a big bomb news story here. But. Is, is it possible that Bryce Harper is leaking this to get the trail off his own back? Maybe. Maybe he's trying to... He's trying to he throw Stop talking about me. <laughs> But but also too like the compensatory pick. First of all, he cites like cap reasons, right? They don't have the cap room. You can't take a look at anybody's salary cap as it stands right now and expect that to be the salary cap moving forward. You know, there are going to be guys like Rodney McLeod who are taking up what nine million. 
Uh, around around ten. Uh, around ten, eleven. Yeah. It, uh, up there, wait, wait to it. Like, there's going to be restructured contracts. There's going to be players let go. There's going to be players that move on. There's going to be money that comes off the books because there's not a lot of money for like who we re-signing. Think about it. Who we re-signing? Mate, if not you're asking me, left. maybe Darby. Yeah. But it'll be the top priority corner in free agency. Hicks. Hicks. Tate. McLeod is nine nine. Nine nine. That's that's a big number. Hey. So you can't take a look not only at the Eagles but any team around the NFL and expect their salary cap number as it stands right now to be the law and what they are going to plan their offseason around once the league new uh, the league year starts again. And if you look at the way the contract is worded, it all this goes down thirty days before the league new year, which gives the Eagles ample time to opt in. Nick Foles opt out. Tag, clean up the books. Trade, clean up the books. Clean up the books. Clean up the books. And also, too, the compensatory pick, it's kind of frustrating me that everybody's just assuming that it's a third-round pick. Everybody's just assuming. Like, let's say they tag and trade him, and, and everybody's worst fear is realize there's no market for him, nobody wants to trade for him, so on and so forth. Nick Foles isn't going if that's what you, if that's your line of thinking that means when Nick Foles if Nick Foles hit free agency he's not going to sign a big deal he's not going to sign a super deal well, they're, they're he might sign like a, like a 2 3 year a Case Keenum type deal a Case Keenum type deal yeah. he's not getting Kirk Cousins money he's going to be getting Case Keenum money and I'm sorry the Minnesota Vikings aren't getting a third round pick back for Case Keenum not only that but if you go out and sign a big name free agent they offset Am, am I right on that? They offset. So it depends not only where he signs for what money, but who you sign and for what money. Then that all goes into the calculations, which is way over my head, and that determines the pick. Everybody's just assuming. I, I hear this on sports radio. I hear from Nadja. Oh, compensatory third-round pick, third-round. Oh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. If he goes out and signs for Case Keenum money, you're not getting. Wait, I mean, he, he got, what did he get, 20 mil? Twenty mil is what the e- what the Eagles the opt in was. Well, I mean, uh, Case Keenum, two years, forty mil. I don't know. I don't. I don't know yeah. the contract breakdown of Case Keenum, but, but chances are Kirk Cousins' contract offset anything that they w- w- would have gotten for that. So just keep that in mind. Gail's going to say the most likely scenario is that he walks away and the Eagles just part ways and give up that kind of asset for nothing. Of course, this conversation is going to continue, but it's going to continue, you know, a little bit later on. Want to say this before we get out out of here? It's our last contracted show with NBC. We appreciate everything that NBC has done for us, partnering up for this Super Bowl championship year. It's been a great run. Uh, we are going to take a few weeks off. Uh, we'll let you know when we're back on. We're going to take a rest. We've been on go since last Super Bowl, so we're going to take a rest, handle some business, watch the Super Bowl, recharge, recharge. So that we can come back, give you the best root against the Patriots and John possible. E A G L E S Eagles. You want Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f- is a John anyway? Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.